Welcome to the Light Lounge. This is Thomas. I'm a lighting designer in New York City. And welcome everyone to this week's Light Lounge. I am as always super excited and this week I speak with my friend Amp. Amp is an interior design architect and is now an associate interior design architect at Rockwell Group. So she has worked at iCrave and now working for Rockwell Group. I think you already know that Amp is definitely one of the forefront working in the high-end design industry that is focusing on the experiences. So Amp is a specialist actually in design technology and uh, her view and her point of view how to use technology to design spaces that are focusing on experiences is absolutely remarkable. So if you want to learn and get the insights how to design spaces that are truly different, just listen to the interview. I am absolutely blown away by Amp's perspective and credibility, how to judge and to make decisions to make a better design. Enjoy. Welcome everyone to the Light Lounge. I am sitting here on this um, rainy day, cloudy rainy day uh, here in Dumbo um, with a friend of mine I've been trying to get on for a long time and now uh, the time happened that we are actually together in one room. I'm sitting here with, and she will communicate her full name, but like I am sitting here with Amp. How are you Amp? Hi, I'm good. How are you? <laughs> I'm very good. Thank you. <laughs> so it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, and I think you are um, one of the New York finest in the in the interior architecture design community because you are doing a very specific part in the design um, process. So before we do dive into it and what we un before we unveil what it actually is, why don't you describe a little bit where you're from, um, how you got into design and what, what your way basically was? So um, I'm originally from Bangkok, Thailand. I moved to New York for school. So I, I studied, I had a bachelor in interior architecture which is kind of like a niche field, especially in America, because usually like interior architecture are very separate. But like, you know, in, in Asia is, is one of the same thing. So I moved here and I, I got a master in design technology, you know, mainly because I didn't want to do more architecture. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like pretty tired of it at the time. But then, you know, after studying technology, I kind of found my way back into the field and I mean, now it's nice because I found like a nice integration and where I can really, you know, use my skills and shines. So, yeah. That sounds pretty good. So the so you have the interiors and architecture bachelor. You did it and you received that in Thailand. You studied this in Thailand, in Bangkok. Yes. Okay. And then the the technology, the master in technology, um, you, re you at received Parsons. at Parsons. Okay. How is this? How is this different? The um, Can you explain a little bit the masters? What is uh, it like? So it's it's actually it's um it's a really interesting program. I didn't know it at the time. I just thought I just wanted to learn something different. But but D we call it DT Design Technology. Uh -huh. So it's kind of like a like a candy store a little bit. So you <laughs> you you know like your peers would be people from different fields like. Like this guy would be a lawyer, this guy is a teacher, you know, this guy is like from government or something. Yeah. And then like our goal is to kind of like use technology to improve what we already did, like what we originally doing. So so it's weird because there is no guideline. It's just like you just 
that just teach you to be like innovative and teaching you about like new technology trends and you come up with the projects and then they kind of support you and help you get there no matter where it is. Okay, but it's like it's not only focused on um, on on the design field. It's like any task or any process that exists. It, it is it is design. Like for example, like I came from architecture, right? So. So my goal would be like I want to do like interactive facade, for example. Like okay. I, I want to do like physical computing, and then I learn how to use like Arduino or like maybe like basic coding, or maybe I get into like Unity or Unreal Engine and yeah. I do like interactive walkthrough into a space. But my friends that like who is a scientist, right? He's like, oh, I wanna, I wanna build a tool for a museum that help people explore the space. So that would be his goal. You know, my friend that you know. Is a lawyer would be like, I want to create an app that help people like redline, you know, a document really fast and document it and use it in legal process. Like Got it. so, they're all really different. Okay, so so there are a lot of different like path you can take. So it's yeah. it's mainly so technology means that it is like. Can I, is it is it is media also the right description? So it's like yeah. and it, it involves like. It's heavily software-based, I assume, right? So there's a lot of coding involved. Actually, yes and no, because everything is technology, right? Like a car is technology, a wheel, like building fire was mm -hmm. technology, like back in the day. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, so actually it's, it's everything, everything that... <laughs> I think I think some people say at some point, like technology is what you... You know, people invented technology to make your life easier, yeah. more comfortable. Yeah. It's, so those kind of things that you create, I guess, or design, that's why design is a big part of technology. Yeah. I just, I just, I just uh, picture like a, a caveman having like two fire stones and being like the yeah, hottest dude in town. That is technology. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he has this advanced stuff. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty interesting. Okay. So that means when people approach you asking for how can I potentially design a walkthrough in a museum for a space that doesn't exist yet, how do I do that? Is this like a connecting point between like your background in architecture and now like DT? That is this something that only you could do or were there other students as well that would um, then say, okay, yeah, I can, I, I have a basic understanding of architecture, of course I can do this or... Yeah, I mean, I, I would say yes and no. Mm -hmm. I mean, I think I think we, you know, as long as we're passionate and about something, we can always learn to do it. And figure it out, yeah. And how to do it. It's just that, you know, that's kind of where my interest lies. And, you know, that's what I've been doing for a long time. And and that's what, what I love to do. Yeah. I mean, also, of course, design. But I also like, you know, making beautiful things and seeing it come to light and knowing that you know making something that would set a standard that would excite people yeah and that's the part that i like about it how did you do you remember was there a moment where you where you thought okay i definitely want to do something with design like what was your what was for example your decision or your step or your moment where you thought okay i will i will study interior design and architecture when the sims came out when i was really young <laughs> yeah like really um i remember spending like two or three hours a day uh, yeah just, just Enjoy, playing the sims yeah. i think two or three well yeah until my you know my dad told me to go to bed but <laughs> i built like the most like 
like the craziest house on there when I was a little kid. And like, you know, that's how I learned how to like, you know, go online and like post it and like talk to other people. How was it received? How did other people respond? Uh, to I mean, um, it, I mean, in my memory, it looks really great, but I'm sure it's just like, <laughs> a, <laughs> like a normal house. But no, I mean, people were supportive. Well, compared to what you probably, what kind of spaces you design now, like there's, of course, a completely different uh, level of, of design. That's probably not. How, how would you compare the architectural interior design um, qualities between Bangkok or Thailand and, and New York? Oh, um, well, if I have to be very, very honest, I, I would say that. Um, so they say Bangkok is, you know, in design field is around like 10 years behind. And not because people are not talented, people are extremely talented. It's just that, like, I don't think design is perceived as something as important as here. You know, there's not mm. enough money going into it. There's uh, not a lot of projects that would, you know, spend that much money on the design. Yeah. So it's mostly about, like, getting the project out, getting the brand right. And, I mean, working here and working there, I, like, when I compare, it's, like, the level of detail and the time you have to finish the same thing is really different. Meaning that here in New York is less time, little time? No, in New York is more time. Oh, really? And a lot more money. And that's why you can really, you know, pour your heart into it. Yeah. So you would have less time in Bangkok and less money, basically. Yes, yes, definitely. Okay, wow. But that sounds like you have to think and work really fast and at the same time. So you basically learned working really fast and super efficient and super... Uh, yeah, cost effective basically to get something done, and like here in New York, you have like like more t more time. That's so interesting. Like yeah. that's interesting to me because me being originally German, like mm -hmm. in Germany, everything would be like slower in terms of processing. <laughs> and yes. when you compare like people coming from Asia, from Tokyo, from Bangkok, it's like oh yeah, no, that's totally fine. We are fine with the speed of New York. Mm, yeah, it's weird, right? Because you would think that New York is faster paced. Yeah. But I just think it's more like a like a culture thing, you know, yeah. like getting something done, like yeah. giving dif like giving importance to the thinking process. I think is what we're lacking a lot in in Thailand. So yeah, okay. So uh, let's let's unveil a little bit your sort of your title. Do you have a title? So you're a, a professional renderer. Right? No, actually, no. I am. I'm an interior designer. Okay. Uh, interior architects, and I also just got promoted to associate uh, at Rockwell Group. Um, but yeah, but I, like I said, like I love doing red. So most of most of the time, designers would you know find an outsource or you know use other people in the firm to render for them. But I do all because <laughs> you know because I because I can. And I also think doing renderings or like building your own models helps you design better. You know, it helps you be a better designer as well. Yeah. Is there, is there, is there, I know it's, it's just m out of my own curiosity and you're absolutely right that whatever, whatever kind of passion you have, you will figure ways out and it does not matter what kind of tools you use, but is there a specific software that you focused on or something that you really yeah, like to do? I'm, I mean, I have been using 3ds Max mm -hmm. for the longest time and I'm just sticking with it just because too yeah. late for me to learn something else but there's a lot of great programs out there and uh, i use v-ray as a, a plugin as a plugin for 
uh, rendering, but I also have been very into Corona. So it's a new software that just came out. Um, And there's a lot of great things about it. I can talk about it for hours, but it basically just got acquired by V-Ray. Let's just say how great it is. So now V-Ray is also using part of the technology that I felt like was from Corona to improve their product. So now they're both really similar. Yeah. Yeah, but they're both great. So I would suggest everybody to have both. Yeah. That sounds that sounds pretty good. So that means you are in the design process and you do heavy rendering work as well, yes. right? Okay. And so let me let us back up a little bit, maybe back to the Sims, because that's mm-hmm. I think something very interesting because virtual spaces is of course something that becomes more and more important and interesting and not only I think when it comes to VR glasses and having like a real world experience and maybe you can share much more about it because you, I think are, I think when we saw each other like the last time, at least like two years, two and a half years, four years ago, three years ago, you were already talking about like VR experiences and how guiding people through. Um, Yes. Okay. I need to <laughs> I need to break it up. I have I have multiple strings in my head right now. So a that uh, the Sims and like uh, playing and and watching other people playing in spaces like let it be on Twitch or other people watching um, playing mm-hmm. games is like one thing that I'm super excited about and I'm so excited that play is like something so important because yes. nothing like fires up our brain like playing exploring things and this way you develop new skills yeah and that's like a very long monologue for like a question but um oh my god i do have a lot to say about that actually because i i am i still play games Mm -hmm. like every day i go home i play games like a couple hours at least before i go to bed but so i so this so game is kind of like you know, like you can see everything as a game, like life is a game, but yeah. the feedback for life is so slow. Like, oh, I work for five years, I get promoted, right? Oh, I work for 20 years, and I yeah. make enough money to buy a house. It's, but game is is kind of like life on speed, I think, right? You, you're giving a task yeah. and you have a goal and you're trying to achieve that goal. And when you achieve that goal, it brings you back this happiness, this fulfillment. But er- everything I just said, you can do it in 15 minutes. And you can get that feedback or you can fail, you can try again. And I think it's like that like instant feedback process that makes games so fun and so interesting and it keeps you going. And that's kind of how you like develop a skills really, really fast, right? Like when I was playing The Sims, what do you learn? Like I learned how to 3D model. I learned how to speak English, right? I learned about light shading, shadows, all of those things. And I'm, I had so much fun doing it that I keep learning and learning and learning. Yeah. So in my mind, game is one of the best like learning tools you can do. In order to explain and or explore. Um, and do you feel like now, like as you just said, that um, gaming is like life on speed. Can you then potentially draw also like things from gaming to your to basically the real world that you say, okay, I, in order to say, okay, in gaming, the feedback loop is much quicker. And when I do this, I get this out, when I, this input, this output, re revisiting, reviewing, and then like doing like a different input. So I'm thinking about, okay, in a game, I can do five steps to become this 
be- mm-hmm. this much yes. better? Do you have like things where you thought, okay, I did this in a game and now in my own life, I can potentially apply this as well to, to speed up the feedback loop? My question is going to when I give, so I'm mentoring one or two or three people that reach out and say like, hey, in lighting, what can I do? Where, what, what would be a good next step? Mm-hmm. And I give advice to them. And by me giving advice, advice to them, I think like, okay, why don't I do the same thing just you know, for myself? Yes. Okay. This is going to sound really nerdy. Go so ahead. Sorry in advance. No. But so, so I've been playing these games, right? That um, it's kind of like there are two teams fighting each other. And in one team, right, you have, you have like the warriors, right? You have the supports, the healer, you know, you have the specialist, you have the assassin. So you, as you can see, it's already life, mm-hmm. right? It's like yeah. on the, on one team, there are five people with totally different skills that have to work together and in a, and trying to do a task together to beat the other team. That's already life. And actually yeah. one of the fun thing about it is like, these people are so different. You don't know who they are. You don't know how old they are. Yeah. But you have to communicate, right? Yeah. Like the moment you fight, everybody is typing angrily. And then you <laughs> lose the game. So it's the same. It's the same as life. I think it's that's one of the things you learn too, like the communication skills, mm-hmm. like learning how to accept the differences. That someone where you don't know the background or status, that through communication, yeah. it's, you become better at yeah, argumenting. And, and, and it's, it's basically like design man- management. Right? That's so interesting. Yes, yeah. makes totally sense. Yeah. yeah, it's the same thing. Wow. So, do you then play online with like a different, different like other groups together, or is it mainly the games you are exploring right now? So, I'm not like a hardcore gram- gamer. Yeah, it's what they call. So, I I really play for fun. Yeah. So, I only play in like I wouldn't play like a rank, you know. Yeah. Thing. One I would just do like a quick mash, like something really casual and fun. So I would play with like random people I don't know. They match you with, you know, yeah. random people per yeah. game, and the game only lasts like the maximum thirty minutes. Okay. And then unless you became friends by, you know, talking and you add each other, you would never see them again. Yeah. Well, that sounds pretty interesting. Let us come back to let us come back to VR and designing spaces and potentially um, showing clients a virtual space how it then could be in reality. Is there for is there let's stick to to this translation that you design a space in virtual reality in order to sell a design idea for a real space? Mm-hmm. Um, how is this perceived? How do clients how do clients um, do clients like this? And then where do you see challenges to setting up a space that's designed virtually where everything can be super super nice and shiny? Mm-hmm. And then isn't there also the risk that you cannot match? the rendered mm. space to the reality it's hard actually it it's uh there are a couple um things about it so it's exciting right it's new technology everybody loves talking about it but you know once you're doing it professionally like i said like it's rendering is a design tool yeah it's like it's really not just making pretty images right it's like you're trying to you know convey and, and give people information based on an image that you they're going to be looking you know usually with most clients you have one chance to show them and wow them yeah so that image better is not just about being pretty really it's about it's also about oh how much money are they going to spend you know are these materials right are they going to last like all of those things so 
So it's tricky coming back to what you asked me because in the past we used an image, and in an image I can really like I can Photoshop the hell out of it, right? I can just be like, ah, oh, this guy like this. I'm gonna put this here, put this there. Make sure the logo is really big. I'm gonna make him happy. <laughs> but when you deal with VR, it's so big and it's 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 like it's like a room. You walk in and you look around. And you you they lost, you know, they don't concentrate on one thing, which is sometimes actually a good thing. So it depends. Right, if you have a project that you're just trying to make them feel good, mm-hmm. and that's it, yeah, VR is great. But if you like really doing like an AirPod project or something, you know, more complicated, then I would say no, because it just add a lot of process, a lot of money, you yeah. know, a lot of time, you know, for something that I don't think is right for the yeah. project. But for real estate, right? If you're trying to sell a model room really fast and you don't want people to focus on what type of fabric. The yeah. bed is then is great, so it to, depends. My answer yeah. would be that, and that absolutely that absolutely makes sense in terms of how much time you put in and what you can convey. Mm-hmm. Um, so maybe maybe another example, and there's probably much more questions to to dive deeper, but to touch base on the second question now, sort of the set, second setup of like designing a space for a VR experience and then selling it to, for example, a game or mm-hmm. for something. Are there products that you develop, I don't know, maybe by yourself or with Rockwell where you develop the VR experience only for VR experiences? Because, yeah. Um, I think we have been doing, you know, I like I told you, I'm more in a design team. So Rockwell has a a part it's called Rockwell Lab where they handle all of those things. Yeah. So and I have here that they have done some really amazing projects with you know I don't know if I'm supposed to say the name. Let's just say uh, they have done done some really amazing projects. Some of them are purely VR, and some of them are like VR experience where you you know you create a space that kind of lure people in and yeah. then have a VR room in the back. Yeah. That as well. But like pers- like me personally, I did some. 360 images mm-hmm. and I have I have put it on a goggle and show it to a client before but but really not for selling the project it's really more for me like at, as an add-on to get them excited like I still have like still images on the side okay how often does this happen that the client gets VR glasses on and can sort of see and look the room um not often not okay. very often because um, it takes a lot of time render the spa- these spaces and you don't want to show something that's not ready oh, yeah. so usually vr is powerful in concept like yeah. once you get to schematic or dd it's more about what's real the detail so but in concept like you know as a designer as well you know we don't have that much time mm. and like for me i would rather like i said like i would love to use vr but i can like i would rather make one really great image that answer all the question than making something so big that i can't control yeah That makes mm-hmm. sense. So I spoke to um, Jenya. I studied with her. She's from Russia. And she does renderings at the beginning so detailed and so distinct that basically everything in the process follows this rendering from the beginning. Yes. How much, how much, it sounds, how much work and detail do you put in the rendering in terms of materials, cost, sustainability, mm-hmm. all the all the implications that you potentially, all this information you potentially can draw out of it? Is there something that you say in your process, okay, we focus on 
the design intention at the beginning. So there is a big load of value generation at mm -hmm. the beginning for the client and then everything draws from there or do you actually have a lot of iterations in the design process? Um, both. But like you said, yes, like the rendering really does helps, you know, move the design process along and we try to stick with it as much as possible. Yeah. So yes, we like I put a lot of detail. Like even the furniture is already picked out, even the fabrics already picked out. You know, even like all the architectural detail. I mean, we will try to get as as close as we can. Yeah. But you know, as you know, like once you get into schematic or DD, there's always like structure come in, kitchen consultant come in. So there's always a shift and change. But but from my experiences, from my experience, um. I have had projects where I just pull up a rendering at the end and walk into the real space and I'm like, wow, it looks exactly the same. So we have had a lot of projects like that. Wow. So do you have then, do you have a specific focus on spaces? You just mentioned there can be an airport, but there also can be just a restaurant or a bar or a private apartment. So I, it's funny because all I want to do is design a small coffee shop, but, um, but for some reason I always get like, like big projects like hotels, a lot of nightclubs for some reason, um, restaurants, a lot of restaurants. And what do you, so you prefer smaller spaces? Uh, I think everybody does, but <laughs> yeah, it's just easier to control. Yeah. yeah. And for large spaces, is, the, is it harder to build in? So I think you have also some experience in like airport restaurants. So you are familiar with like this environment in general. Yeah. Um, is it for large projects, and I'm not sure if this question is actually like uh, for large spaces. How do you how do you approach these? Is it more like okay, we have one general concept with like small small items in between, or how do you build in like smaller moments, for example? Oh, I mean, th that's a good question actually, because you do have to build that small moments, right? Because that's what connects people to it. Yeah, like nobody likes to see a big empty airport, so. Um, yeah, so even like, I mean, usually when you do an image, there's a foreground, middle ground, background. Yeah. Like for me, I always make sure there's a foreground because that's what tells the story, right? And middle ground and background is kind of like generally tying everything together. Yeah. So you can do that to any type of spaces. Okay. In the, in the process, like for VR, do you have the feeling that more and more, I think Rockwell and even iCrave, you have worked before, these are both two very cutting edge leading companies in the design industry. Do you feel that this, that a lot of companies, because the construction or design industry is, in my experience, like slower than other industries, of course, like gaming or um, the, the pornography industry that is like pouring tons <laughs> of money in it because yeah. it's like all about this experience. Um, do you have a feeling that people realize how powerful it is? How powerful is it actually? You mean the visualization? In of, in, exactly. In terms of the future, how um, do you feel the design industry is aware and is putting enough attention on it? I, I wouldn't say not as much as I would want there to, yeah. but it's getting there. It's heading yeah. in, in a good direction. Architecture is like, it's like the middle ground between like science and art, right? So mm -hmm. there's always this weird pools in between two worlds. There's, there's always, you know, the money, the politics, and there's always the art, the, 
you know, the making things beautiful. Yeah. Making things that, you know, feed your soul is what, is what I would feel. Factor of it. And there's always the back and forth between these two. And I think that's what a good architect is actually, like someone who can balance those out. I mean, that's what a good project manager is, right? right? Like you can't go all the way into each directions. Like a company like Rockwell, what's so great about it is that we have a lot of people that are really, really great at what they do. And you don't have to do everything. But like putting those people together mm-hmm. makes a successful project. You know, it's not about one person that can do everything. And I think we talked about it a little bit before that the team is the, is the most important part in, in, yeah. any, in any project. Um, are there any specific values that you appreciate in a in a team? Do you have experience like in putting people together, like from gaming to like okay, w- w- I mean, just yeah. how to communicate? Is there like some things you observed? I think um, I think it's about letting go. Actually, like you know, like designers have huge egos, yeah, as we all know. And I think at some point, one of the best designers is someone who you know know how to let go. There's five people in the team. You're not going to get, you know, everything that you want. And you also need to know that you, not everybody's always right. Like everybody has different opinions. So you have to be able to communicate and work with other people because, you know, they might be right. Like you looking back at what you did five years ago, I look at what I did five years ago. I was like, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. So I try to keep that in mind. I'm trying to be like, you know, the, the version of me that I am now, it's not the best version I make mistakes all the time, so I need to let other people in and help me and, you know, accept their opinion to make a better products. Thinking about exactly that concept, how do you then still make sure that, for example, your idea or your design point gets then realized in, the, in a project? A project is so big. I think, I think once you realize that, it's just so many decisions to be made. Yeah. So many, there's so much you can do on it. So that's why I say don't get attached. Like some of the things that you feel really strongly about and you fight for it. But other things you let other people do, right? I mean, you pour your heart and soul into one part, other people do it on the other parts and we put it together. And that's why a team is important. And that's why hiring people is the most important. Getting the right people in the company is important. I think that's one of the things that Rockwell does well. Like we don't hire too often but we make sure we have good people okay have you been a part of hiring processes yeah sometimes and i am the worst <laughs> i barely <laughs> hired anyone <laughs> yeah. so you 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 connect on with the with the person you interview with the interviewee um on a different level and you think like oh he or she is super awesome and then it didn't work out or why i just, I just want someone that has a good sense yeah because I mean, programs you can learn, yeah. but, you know, like test you can't. So most of the time we're trying to find someone with good sense that wants to learn, Yeah, you know, that has a good, I guess, you know, attitude. Yeah. How, how much is personality important? So would you say that the companies you've worked for and now Rockwell, that they also place an importance on... M- matching um excuse me matching like personalities to a team yes big time yeah i mean because in in a bigger in a bigger company the team is very small yeah the team is like four or five people for a project yeah so 
I mean, I've talked to my boss before, and he did say that like I choose who to work with, who like if I don't work well with someone, I can go to him and be like, I don't want to work with this person again, and it wouldn't be an attack on anyone, right? Yeah. It would just be like we don't work well together. Would you say that then, like every company should have like a human resource manager? Yeah, like, but it's hard because like you know, so many things happen a closed door. Yeah, like you never know. Yeah. And it's hard because nobody wants to speak up or go to the boss and it seems like they are the problem. Mm. But it's not about that, you know? It's about like maybe you just don't work well with this personality. Yeah. Where do you see where do you see potential trends or th something that how the how the industry especially with like um designing spaces with technology where do you think it will develop to and where do you see critical points and positive points? Well, I like New York. In a way that, uh, I mean, good design is not all about like cutting edge technology, right? It's about like things that we appreciate. Like you go to a restaurant, you feel warm, welcome. Yeah. It's, there's a lot of feelings you have that you don't know why, why it's happening, right? Like for, like for example, like, oh, this, the table should be this wide so that yeah. people are sitting closer to each other and have a better conversation. Yeah. You know, like the, the wood should be warm because then you feel like you're at home. There's a lot of small things people don't even see yeah. in design that I think I really do appreciate, like, you know, working in hospitality. So I would hope that we would develop into a way that it's not about making something that just look cool or crazy, but something that's come back to who we are, like, you know, the human nature. I think, I think learning how to integrate that Like psychology into design is the way I want it to go, mm -hmm. and I know that's the opposite of what you just said, which is like how technology plays the role in design industry. But I think technology is also, you know, helps you know design better, yeah. like help we des design better and easier, and understanding people better. Absolutely. I know I'm not answering no, your no, question no, no, so no, much. No, 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 absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> like for me, design is like really like an inner thing. For me, it's not really big flashy building or big flashy space, right? Yeah. Because that's when you look at like really successful restaurant or restaurant that you go back all the time, it's never that big flashy place. You go to that big flashy place yeah. once and oh, yeah. this is so cool. Yeah. And then you don't go back there. Yeah. Like maybe you bring someone in when they're visiting, but you don't go back there. Yeah. Right. So for me, I just wanted more space that I feel connected to. I'm I'm like completely impressed by this whole conversation because yeah. I not having so many touch points with people that use technology on the forefront to create images and to sell an idea and being in this super hyped, as you said it, this super hyped and everyone talks about these buzzwords of we are and creating spaces and experiences. Um, in like a virtual environment um, that's like I think that describes your credibility and your knowledge and your professionalism in like being a designer even more to being very distinct between what how do I use technology as a tool and what do I want this outcome to be and that you basically just said like less technology the better more or mm -hmm. less in a space that it can be yes there can be like cutting edge technology but also 
at least 50% is like, okay, how does the wood feel? How does the space smell? Yes. Because in the end, everything comes back to the senses and, yes. and the experience of the space. Yeah. I mean, not to disregard, uh, technology is great. It's really great. It's just that I think the best technology is something you don't see. Absolutely. Right? Like an iPhone, right? I'm yeah. sorry for the an iPhone header That's, out there. Yeah. But it's like the interface, it's just so seamless. It's, it's so intuitive. Yeah. That you don't even think about technology. But yeah. like, can you imagine how much work and thoughts process going into how to swipe is a lot. It's, so, yeah, yeah, it's it's the hardest. It's absolutely yeah. the hardest. Well, this has been wonderful. Let me um, sort of wrap up with, are there specific things that inspire you in, in, your, in your daily work? Um, of course, you said you love New York. Is there something specific um, where you think of? Oh, it's travel. Of course. Tra it's it fits the soul and you know it's enjoyable and it's the best way to learn as well what was the what was the most interesting place you traveled to oh my god i just went to cappadocia turkey oh yeah and it was mind-blowing it's like you're on mars <laughs> really it's like there's like this whole like underground village i think like you just explore walking randomly underground you found like a little church or uh you should you should go it's nice Beautiful. Did you? Yeah, I saw. I think I, th I saw pictures. You did like a, a hot balloon ride, right? Yeah. That's like I think Cappadocia is like one of the most Instagrammable uh, environments right now because like all the balloons go up in the yeah, I guess. The but that's not even the best part about it, though. The best part is when you take like a tour far, far away where people don't go, and it's like it's spread like it, it's cover a whole area. So and it's also a, a nice mix between like culture. Mm -hmm. because I think Cappadocia was built um, and I could be wrong like mainly by the pilgrimage like the people that escaped um, Constantinople mm -hmm. when it was taken over mm -hmm. so they just came and they like built houses and they dig into the ground because they wanted to hide and I think that's why it's just so amazing it's just so dif different from everything that I have ever seen so rich in, in the story oh itself. my god yeah yes absolutely so um, where can people, after now everyone has was able to listen to you and get your amazing insights, where can people reach you and see what like uh, like a rendered image or a, or, or a design process potentially looks like from beginning to end? Where can people uh, see stuff? Yeah, so um, I'm, I'm working at Rockwell still and enjoying it. So you can, if you want to work with Rockwell, you can also reach me there. <laughs> I also have a rendering company called Ramp, R-A-M-P. And um, I have a website and Instagram. You can go to my Instagram. It's a hashtag RampMesh, like R-A-M-P-M-E-S-H. And just email me, text me, call me. <laughs> I'm super easy. <laughs> <laughs> to, to be reached. <laughs> yeah, I um, I put the all the information in um, in the show notes and um, yeah, I think the well the work and like you, I th I feel like I got to know you in this conversation just so much better in like a design sense and I um, uh, it was such a pleasure for me. I really really appreciate it and um, uh, yeah, I hope we see each other soon and uh, thank you so much for the conversation. Thank you. It's been a pleasure.
And that was a conversation I had with Amp. I think that was absolutely wonderful. The bright insights at the end especially were truly remarkable. That of course the the remarkable and successful places we love and go to back again and again are not the ones that are flashy, loud, colorful, speaking from a lighting design perspective. These are the ones that are um, speaking to a lot of different senses at the same time and are speaking from a different standpoint with intention and intention is everything in design. So I will put down her Instagram page and her website for her business. If you're looking for amazing renderings and great interior design quality work, then please reach out to Amp. If you have any questions for me uh, regarding the podcast, please reach out, say hi on Thomas underscore Mnich on Instagram. And I speak to you next week again. I'm super excited. There's more to come. Also, please don't forget to recommend the podcast to other lighting designers. Um, please subscribe, rate, comment, whatever you do. Please share uh, and share the love. I'm very excited to be part of the lighting design community. And I'm very excited to speak to all of you further. Thank you so much. Bye.